Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> Is that the way you say it? That's a bingo. You just say bingo. Bingo! How fun! How fucking fun indeed, short story bingo episode 33. My name is Nate Chacon the third. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your second time, the retention program is working. What I do on this podcast is I um, happen to read a story that uh, you might not have ever heard. Uh, I'm a glorified narrator and it's like audible, sort of. So uh, what we're going to be doing, episode 33, uh, I hope you guys appreciated the double episode uh, that we dropped last week. Uh, with my sacrifice, which was a fun, loving, heartfelt uh, story about Jason Voorhees. I didn't see that coming, but I really searched really long and hard to get that one. So uh, I hope you appreciated it as much as I did when you could feel like Jason fucking crying through his hockey mask. It was really weird. And then, uh, of course, another story out of the Creepypasta collection, uh, Perfume by Michael Whitehouse. That uh, story, actually, I re-listened to again because of how much content was in it and like just the picture that was painted. So if uh, you're looking for something to binge on, this is certainly the podcast to do it. So we're 33 episodes deep. They range from 30 minutes, sometimes up to an hour and a half. So I certainly uh, hope you could uh, share, subscribe, show your friends, let them know, and uh, comment on your iTunes and all that shit. But today... Um, let me go over real quick some of the, the countries and the states as we usually do. Obviously, my man Jody told me, and I'm going to introduce him here in a second, but he was like, yo, man, you need to let people know who's number one. You just, yeah. You're telling everyone who's two, three, and four, <laughs> but who's number one? Okay. So number one, obviously, for the countries is the United States of America. And then after that is the UK, Canada, and Russia creeps back in there. Uh, and then for the states... Utah is number one. You, yeah, that's right. Uh, and then uh, Virginia, California, and Maryland. So shouts out, yeah, two uh, East Coast uh, states, which is cool. Whatever, man. We're trying to make it everywhere. And then of course this week the random Twitter follower shout out goes to my man who's going to be uh, joining us tonight at John Bless J A H N B L E S S underscore. Go ahead and follow him. Don't get your feelings hurt. Don't get your feelings hurt. Okay, without further ado, I obviously have some guests here. We have a new sponsor, ladies and gentlemen. It's our first sponsor, Clean Cut Barbershop, 21 East, Kelsey Avenue in Salt Lake City, Utah, 84111. I got my man Jody here. I got my man John here. Tony wishes he could be here, but shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to him. Young Tony. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves. Yeah, yeah, I'm John, representing Salt Lake. Shout out to the 7-0 Say It Again. Yee! Word, man. Okay, well then, uh, what we're doing uh, in our partnership together and uh, to help you guys out, to make sure that your fades are kept tight um, and your uh, goatees are kept thin, uh, we, we're, uh, they're extending out uh, $5 off of your first cut uh, to schedule an appointment. Please visit cleancutslc.com. Walk-ins are, of course, welcome. You, you won't regret out. it, I promise. You can check out their Instagram as well, at Clean Cut Barbershop. That's only one T. They didn't get weird on us. And then um, Facebook, uh, backslash, it's facebook.com backslash uh, Clean Cut Barbershop SLC. But a big hand to Clean Cut Barbershop. Big hand. Thank you. Yeah, no, the Jody's a, a, a listener of the show. He appreciates... Um, 
the silliness that ensues here. So, man, I really appreciate it, Joe. We're we're gonna we're gonna get some heads up in there, man. It's gonna be great. No, man. Get your hair cut, boy. I know you're. Through. We'll get you fresh. Yeah, it's Friday. The weekend's right here. Come on, man. There's all this fresh tail. It's springtime. Come on. Yo, we're gonna be reading about the Alamo today. We're gonna be reading about the Alamo today. An amazing tales for making men out of boys by Neil Oliver. But before we do that. We obviously have to have the intro song. Alamo, bitch. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Yes. To the people of Texas and all Americans in the world, fellow citizens and compatriots, I am besieged by a thousand or more of the Mexicans under Santa Ana. Oh my God. Okay. ¿Qué están haciendo? No, hold on. I mean, this is a real, this is a letter. <laughs> oh, this is the beginning of the story? Yeah, this is a letter. Oh, I thought this was just a thought. No, it's oh. not. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically it is a thought because it's a letter. Yeah, I know. Shout out to La Raza, Thousand or more of the Mexicans under Santa Ana. Respetos a la raza, güey. Under Santa Ana, not Santa Claus. Okay. I am besieged by a thousand or more of the Mexicans under Santa Ana. I have sustained a continental bombardment and cannonade. Cannonade? Cannonade? Fuck. C-A-N-N-O-A... O N A D E. I'm going to say cannonade. I'm, I'm it's <laughs> cannabis lemonade, if y'all wondering. Cannonade. Right, okay. Yeah. I have, sustained, uh, I have sustained a, a continental. Hold on. Let me read. Let me read. Uh, let me get through this letter part because this is like a, uh, a letter that was written by William Barrett Travis, who That's is right. a commander. All right. Sounds like a punk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> to the people. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. To the people of Texas and all Americans in the world, not around the world, in the world. All right. Flat Earth. Fellow citizens and compatriots, I am besieged by a thousand or more of the Mexicans under Santa Ana. I have sustained a continental bombardment and cannonade for 24 hours and have not lost a man. Good for you. The enemy has demanded a surrender at discretion. Otherwise, the garrison are to be put to the sword. If this fort is taken. I have answered the demand with a cannon shot, and our flag still waves proudly from the walls. I shall never surrender or retreat. Then I call on you in the name of liberty, of patriotism, and everything dear to the American character to come to our aid with all dispatch. The enemy is receiving reinforcements daily and will no doubt increase to three or four thousand in four or five days. If this call is neglected, I am determined to sustain myself as long as possible and die like a soldier who never forgot what is what is due in his honor, his own honor and that of his country, victory or death. Yo, man, I have a real question. Okay, was this so obviously this was in Texas or whatever, right? I mean, yeah, right. right. Duh. So, um, (laughs) so was this before or? After when Texas seceded from the Union, were they independent at the time of this battle, or was it 
while they were still part of the union. Uh, Texas was part of the uh, of Mexico. At the time of the Alamo. Yeah. The Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, and we'll read about that, is what um, was the settlement agreement, I guess, between All the right. two countries in order to get that land. I mean, excuse the ignorance. I'm just a... I'm just a kid that slept school not even, and smoked weed. No, know? this is good because this is this is what we were talking about before we started. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like if nothing else, a little right. bit to like just fucking figure out Hell what the yeah. Alamo is, the lore of the Alamo. Have you guys ever been to the Alamo, by the way? No. Okay, no, so I just seen it on the you know the NBA on TNT commercials when the Spurs are playing and it just pans over the Alamo. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's mad tiny, yo. It's mad tiny. Like so, I was, what the fuck do I? Well, hey, is the is the Alamo? What part of Texas is that? San Antonio. San Antonio. That's right. Yeah, San Antonio. Shout out to San Antonio. I've heard that they have really good food down there on that San Antonio River Walk. Uh, yeah, it's really touristy. Yeah, but I mean, whatever. That's all I've heard about. Cause I all I hear about is from tourists. So yeah. shout out to San Antonio and their bomb tourist food yeah. selection. No, I don't disagree at all. I was there for <laughs> I was there for basic training uh, when I was in the Air Force and. Uh, I, what I was going to say. Thank you about for that. our service, Nate. Let's yeah. all let's all give a Thanks, quick man. round of I applause appreciate for that. Nate. You're welcome. I guess I don't know. I kind anyway. of weird to say you're. Yeah, I get that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that was a random thank you. So I don't know. It's weird. To, like, <laughs> I don't, like when people say thank you for your service, I don't know what to I say. Get other it. Than I get like, it. I get it. Well, I, I, I don't get it. I fucking do shit. I don't but. know. Anyway, um, but thank you. Um. I went to, but I went to the Alamo and it's tiny. It's fucking small. And I was like, man, this is it. And then I started to go back in my head and like, man, this is it. Like, this is all they fucking had as far as like, like that's a, all that was there. Exactly. There. Like just like that to kind of like just. Well, I mean, there, there was a tiny little like town a little bit that they were like building around it, but it was like that's where you know they fortified themselves to hold off. Because we'll read about it, but Santana's army was, he wasn't joking when he was saying like three to 4,000 people in like five fucking days. They were fucked. For sure. I mean, not fucked, but it, it was it was a, definitely an uphill battle. Like, right. So, we'll see. Okay. When the letter above was written by William Barrett Travis, officer commanding the Texas forces at the siege of the Alamo during the bitter winter of 1836, the future of the American West and indeed of the whole continent of North America was far from certain. All across that vast and infinitely varied terrain, peoples of every creed and color struggled to make their voices heard, to live their lives as they saw fit and proper, to win and secure their freedom, even to exist at all. Wait, this is corny because we already know that they wasn't given no credence to every single skin color back then. Um, well, it depends on where you're talking about because, like, this would be in a time frame when even, like, 50 years later when Pancho Villa was still, was killing his own people. Like, this, so, like, so, like, I, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, it doesn't surprise me that that's said because, like, it's, it, this is the, like, the wild, wild west, bro. Like, this is, like, I get that. it's not, like, New Hampshire, in 1836 you know what i'm saying like it's not like the east coast where this was like there was no rules like no prohibition all that other shit right exactly right it's it's so like if you're there like are you down or not and if not then you're getting then it's a wrap for you which is also fucking thugged out but like 
I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, to be in I a agree. position, like to be in a position where you're like, am I down or not? Because that's how Pancho Villa went through his shit. Like he, um, I got stories from my grandma about Pancho Villa. Like that cat was, um, as much as a revolutionary as he was with, with any revolutionary, there's always like tragedies of war and, uh, yeah. and, and miscues that they did with, you know, and I, and it's I crazy when you look back on history and all these people that have kind of been put up on a pedestal. Like if you really dig deep, right? If you put them against oh, the, dark. yeah, you put them against the it's 2018 dark. like humanitarian, like what we look at as good. It's uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't level well, up. What do you, you know mean? What it's saying? dark. What do you like? What do you mean? I just know with every every story like this, there's, like you said, there's a there's a bad side to it. There's the violence, you know, that was. Unnecessary and necessary at the same time, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and I, yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Like it's fucking gnarly how it's really, really weird how uh, with freedom or what they didn't even know was fucking freedom. Like they, like, like you're so far away from the East Coast that you're just trying to continue yeah. to conquer shit and you don't even know if the fucking president I don't you know what I'm right, saying like yeah. what are you really doing they Who were out here for? making their own armies I'm and saying, shit boom. yeah and that's where that stance of Texas comes in of being like yo man we're for our own shit I get shit. it I get that I understand yeah. that shout out to Texas honestly for Texas being some badass yeah they've been saying like right. fuck y'all like we on our own shit which that's some gangster shit if you ask me I'm not yeah, I'm not right Okay, so let's go back. The sun rose and fell in the empty, endless skies above them, and there was everything to play for. It was just 33 years since Thomas Jefferson, third president of the Republic, had settled the deal for the Louisiana Purchase, paying Emperor Napoleon of France the sum of $11.25 million. You know what, dog? I need to look up what that meant. As far as money's concerned, eleven point two five million dollars in eighteen oh three. Guess, then, guess, bro. guess. Bread. Well, I'm looking it up. I just want you guys Bread. to guess. If you're at home, what, at home before even. before my guess, eleven guess, million. Hold on, no, no, hold on. Before my guess, guess, start going through and guess and yell at the fucking speakers right now. What do you guys think it is? Eleven point two five million dollars in eighteen thirty or eighteen oh three. Uh, I'm, Go, I'm, Joe. You're first. I'm, I don't know, man. Uh, probably like five hundred million. Uh, something okay. Like that. Okay. I mean, okay. It's right. a good guess. It's been a long time, bro. That's. I'm gonna I'm be a little. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say eighty-four point five million. Oh, that's a good guess, bro. Eighty-four point five. Eighty-four point five million. Okay. Also, <laughs> the amount in my checking account. No, I'm just, I wish. That's, that's peanuts to an elephant. That's you know peanuts to an elephant. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, so I think I can only go back to 1860. How much was it? So I'm going to go back to just 1860. So this is still 57 years later. Okay. All right. So the amount is 11. This is a lot. 250. Zero zero zero. All I know is uh gas was a dollar when I was sixteen, man. <laughs> Yo, you guys are gonna I'm trip right now. Player. Okay, fifty seven years later, so eighteen sixty, but in eighteen oh three it was probably I would say it was probably about six hundred million dollars. Oh, but in, oh. in eighteen sixty it was three hundred and twenty two million dollars. 
but I wasn't that far off. No, man. no. All right. Shout out to Jody Joe. Yeah, the, no, give it up. Yo, like, I really thought about the gas prices when I was <laughs> sixteen, dog. Yeah, I'm only thirty-two, man. Boy. So that was sixteen years ago. Man. Right. Imagine how long ago was that? Eighteen what? Eighteen oh th- well, eighteen oh three when the Louisiana purchase happened. Yeah. yeah. Pretty accurate. Right, pretty accurate. Okay. Right. Could you imagine, like, that's right. crazy. Like, there's people like Jay-Z who could just buy a state back then. Right. God damn. Bruh. I'll get even deeper with you. paid last year? I'll get even deeper with you. <laughs> I'll get even deeper with you. Um, in Oklahoma, you know, uh, well. Shout out to Oklahoma. Well, because of. So the Oklahoma Sooners, you know that that's like their name, right? Oh, you. I know them. So um, during the times of the Dust Bowl. Is that um, like before the Red River River rivalry? (laughs) I can't even say it. That's a lot of R's. That's a tongue twister y'all got going on down there. I don't know. What I'm saying is that like I'm going to comment on purchasing land at the time. Hi, still to everyone. Um, Yeah, gra- grab grab it. Gra- yeah, so we'll keep going with that. Um, see what the comments. So are anyway, about. Uh, what I was saying is that like What's up, guys? purchasing land, purchasing land in Oklahoma, there was a, a a time frame where literally they were called Sooners because the sooner you got there, the sooner you got there, uh, the sooner you got land. And check this out, man, you were just paying for uh, property at. Um, fractions of a price that you would have uh, at all. So, like, we just missed out on so much um, shit like that. So, like, the Louisiana Purchase being sold for $11.25 million, just to put that into perspective, man, that's, like, so much money. Okay. Oh, that's a grip. That's yeah, crazy. okay. So, it was just 33 years since Thomas Jefferson. We haven't even gotten to the, the bones of this all shit right, yet. Let's just, we haven't yeah, even yeah, hit yeah. the first, what is that, yeah. the first page? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, it's bro. cool, though. This is great. It was just 33 years since Thomas that's Jefferson... Right, third president of the republic had settled the deal for the louisiana purchase paying emperor napoleon of france the sum of 11.25 million dollars for the best part of 830 square miles of territory something close to a quarter of land mass occupied by uh today by the united states of america so we're talking um uh from louisiana all the way up to michigan at that time the land shout was, out to michigan <laughs> shout the mitten and louisiana um, at the at that time, the land west of the Missouri River might as well have been on the moon as far as most U.S. citizens were concerned. With the exception of the Lewis and Clark expedition and maybe enough hardy fur trappers and adventurers to fill a bus, it was terra incognita to white people. And uh, terra incognita, uh, what that means, is, what's, is there, what's, what is it, what's the... Uh, what is that? Terra incognita. Oh, no, no, no. What, they, what's they the show? They, they want to see you, dog. You're, oh, you're the star was, of the okay, show, man. Well, you got to be on the Instagram live, man. You My see? bad. You're the star of the show. Uh, so it was so terra incognita just <clears throat> means like unexplored territory. Anyway, the Louisiana territory that had been Napoleon's to sell in 1803 that had been held by Spain until 1800. Can you guys interesting that fact yeah, by the, the way the, the fact that all that was held by it's not is it really that interesting when you start to think about how much effort and work had to be put into put laying the, like buying all this shit I mean 
It's just a totally different world. That that land wasn't even... Right. I mean, here's the coldest part, is that that land was occupied by people. Thank you. And people were selling it as if it really was like an item that you could just put on the on the market. Right. And they looked at these people because they respected the land. Like, the Native Americans that were here didn't look at land as in, like, this is fucking mine. Well, in some cases they did. Because well, no, they did, but they... They were tribes, right? So, oh, I guess, yeah. I guess you're right, because the white man just didn't give a fuck. Well, and they, they were didn't like, well, fuck. we're just yeah, going to sell so this there all. Wasn't, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't uh, any... There wasn't... Uh, there wasn't... There just wasn't so much coming It's crazy. At all. It's it crazy. Just, it, it was just, just a, a different it's, time, it's bro. It was conquer, man. It was seeking conquer. Yeah, it was just it's, a time of is conquering. It, is it different, though? Because it, it's still kind of it plays out a little bit today, right? Eh. I'm not trying to get super deep, right? Because we still got to get through this. Yeah, let's get through this. I, yeah. I don't really want to expand on it. It's different. It's just, hey, look, there's just discrimination on different levels right. now. Right. As opposed to buying land and selling land and kicking people out. Right. The Louisiana Territory... They had been Napoleon's to sell in 1803, had been held by Spain until 1800. What you guys are hearing right now is we're pour, we're trying to pour some My Patron. Bad. We're trying it's to pour me. some. I'm pouring. Shots, Who is it? Yeah. Is it you, it's Joe? Estamos tomando para la raza, wey. Happy podcast Friday, y'all. So a todos. Are, I hope you guys are. Toasting too. Cheers. Oh, I my phone just died. That's all right. It's done. All right, good. They were pissed. It's all good. We're going live on John's. Uh, yeah, go. All right. If you want to see this live video, go to in, uh, which Instagram? Go go to yours, man. Put put on for short story bingo, man. I already did. I mean, well, it was, but uh, it's not live right now, right? No. Well, I mean, it, it was live for that moment, but it'll well. go live when you are you going to go live right now? No, we're going live. So okay. yeah, you can check. Yeah, you can check gone. out the live. Welcome back my, to Short Story Bingo, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, forget about that. Let's forget about that. Man. All right. <clears throat> the Louisiana Territory that been Napoleon's to sell in 1803 had been held by Spain until 1800, but the Spanish grip on the Americas, once a strange hold in places, was by then as weak as that of a dying man. Americans spilled into Florida. By 1821, Spain was moved to surrender that vast land as well. In return, Andrew You're telling Jackson, me Spain owned Florida. Yeah. God, God damn. damn. In, like, yeah, uh, go ahead. I mean, like actual Florida? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Damn. It's, but see, Spain pretty much owned... Dude, they talk, Spain owned a grip. Yeah, dude. For real. Spain traveled a grip. Hey, that sounded dumb. When I said actual Florida, I meant like, was it just the state of Florida or like a whole... They like owned the Louisiana, the, the part of the, so they owned Iowa, uh, Louisiana, Michigan, oh, Ohio. Oh, you said earlier. Yeah, the Louisiana the purchased okay. the whole thing up. Okay, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm slacking. Yeah. No, no, you're not. That's fine. No, I got you. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they fucking, they did it. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Um, okay, Americans spilled into Florida, too. By 1821, Spain was moved to surrender that vast land as well. So, mind you, though, the Spanish grip, like it just says right here, the Spanish grip on the Americas, which was once a stronghold in places, was then by, was by then as weak as that of a dying man. Because they weren't, um, they weren't inhabiting it, and they weren't, like, holding it down. They just was, they were like, oh, yeah, we just own it, and that's it. In return, Andrew Jackson seventh president had formally renounced any and all claims to the territory the spanish called tejas 
which is Texas. Yeah. It was like a healthy, hungry child promising not to grow any bigger. Those were the empty words of a promise his nation could not and would not keep. Countless Americans had for years been viewing Tejas with envious eyes. Because it's so huge. Rich, fertile soil, endless forests of lumber, herds of wild horses, cattle beyond counting, in the nearby American territories of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Tennessee, too, many men felt hemmed in by neighbors, by personal, by personal circumstances, by brushes with the law to stay put. Something had to give. There had, anyway already been an attempt to annex the territory as early as 1819 when a doctor, James Long, had rounded up 300 like-minded men and marched them across the border in the town of uh, Nacogdoches. He just about had time to name it Capital City of the Republic of Texas. That is the lamest fucking name I've ever heard. <laughs> like, come on. If you're gonna take... If you're really gonna yeah, grab your but. goons and just take over some shit, like, why won't you just call it, like... This is the this Republic is of fucking, Texas. No, I'd just be like, man, this is fucking, like, dope. Like, this is just the state called the dope. town of Jody. Yeah, or, like... <laughs> cracking. Yo, but, like, but that's not, that's <laughs> not even weird. You know what? Because people were naming shit after them. Yeah. All the... Like, often. Yeah, true. So that's, like... Right. like this is the state of Jody. Man. I didn't fart. Somebody's farting up in his teeth. I farted once. All right. All right. That shit came back. Did it come back? He just about had time to he just about had time to name it. So like this guy like, thought he was gonna do it. Before his dream collapsed like a house of cards and Spanish troops reclaimed the place without a shot fired. Like, yeah, it'll be get the fuck out. Wow. Yeah. Savage. Then in eighteen twenty it was the turn of a bankrupt Missouri lead miner named Moses Austin, who won from the Spanish permission to settle 300 American families in Tejas. He died before he had time to fulfill his plans, but his own son, Stephen, assumed the mantle and crossed the border in 1821 with the first settlers. Even as they were making the journey, they heard Mexico had won its independence from Spain. So Mexico's still dealing with that shit. From bruh, Spain, who Spain is still holding shit in America. Bro, while they're still in the Philippines, let us not forget. Shout out to the Philippines. Shout out to my Filipino homies. Hashtag Manny Pacquiao. Hashtag Tagalog. Dude, it's very similar to Spanish, actually. It's pretty, actually. It is. It's really interesting. Yeah, because. Well, I mean, 500 years Spanish of rule. Every, every, every uh, Filipino person you know has, like, a Spanish last name. You know? Oh, yeah. They took over. Bacchio. That's I mean, like Spanish I mean, as not shit. Every, but you know. I know shout but out like, to Manny Pacquiao, by the way. Yeah, right. shout out who would have kicked Floyd Mayweather's ass all back right. in the day. All, <laughs> right. all right. Eight years ago, man. Nine years ago. In his prime. In his prime. Smack Mayweather. Smacked him around. I just don't even think but, that hey, you guys respect, watch boxing Respect to the champ. Respect to the champ. Hey, let's move on about the Alamo. We can't forget about the Alamo. We can't forget about the Alamo. Even as they were making the journey, they heard Mexico had won its independence from Spain. But Governor Antonio Maria Martinez honored the deal he had made with Austin Senor, Senior, and the immigration began. They called themselves... Uh, it's hashed, or um, excuse me, in quotations, I think it's Texans, uh, T-E-X-I-A-N-S, Texans. Texans? I feel like it might be Texans. Texans? Te Texans? 
Texians. Texians. Texas is yelling Texians. at the radio Texans. right now. They called themselves Texians, those first settlers. There had only been a relative handful of Texians. Spanish. Yeah. Says, I know, yeah, that's what it says. There had only been uh, ever been a relative handful of Spanish-speaking inhabitants, and within a decade, they were outnumbered two to one by the incomers. The Texians thought their neighbors little better than the savages. The Mexicans were appalled. The savages? Yeah, dude. Wait, yeah. who are the savages? Hold on, we'll find out. The, yeah, the Mex- yeah, exactly. See, Joe's Locals. right here. Joe's right here with me. The Texians, uh, excuse me, the Texians thought their neighbors little better than, uh, the Texians thought their neighbors little better than savages. The Mexicans were appalled by, among other things, the way the whites insisted on keeping slaves, a practice outlawed through the rest of of Mexico. So they were, so they were over like slaves and they were like, yo man, we we don't even do slaves anymore. Like what the fuck? They were like, we don't do slaves anymore. We just let the government just take all the money slave and fuck up, the rest of the people. Yeah, so. You know, like we're just. I almost up. gave way too much credence to that. Like I just <laughs> almost gave way too much credence to like, and they weren't doing shit. <laughs> but shout the, out to our Mexicans, La Raza, Viva La Raza, Viva Chihuahua, Viva Parral. But the hey, newly Sinaloa también. <laughs> But the newly independent nation, check this out, here we go. But the newly independent nation of Mexico was itself hungry for people in its borderlands. Such was its need to see the territory defended from incursion by hostile Indians, as well as illegal white settlers. Illegal white settlers. Y'all let that sink in, yo. Let that sink in. This is from a story from a my man's name is Neil Oliver and he wrote that. Yeah, well, I mean it's it's history, right? It I mean is it not? Shout out no, to Reach is. Socks. So, let me just go back over there. <laughs> Such was okay. Here we go. But the newly independent nation of Mexico was itself hungry for people in its borderlands as they should have been. Such was its need to see the in territory or to Gosh, excuse me. To see the territory defended from incursion by hostile Indians, as well as illegal white settlers. The government exempted the newcomers in Tejas from taxes for the first four years. They should have built a wall. That's all that I'm just saying. Bro, what if Mexico would have built a wall like dumbass 200 years ago or some <laughs> shit? <laughs> but like, honest though, like, like honestly though, man, they, they already knew about ladders, you know what I'm saying? Okay, well, fuck. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you, bring your mic down just a little bit. There just we go, right just there. A tad. Yeah, oh my gosh, much better. Got you. And po- okay, so uh, okay, so I, I gotta say it one more time, just third time's a charm. No, I'm not gonna do that. The government exempted the newcomers in their house from taxes for the first four years, and positively encouraged settlement by law-abiding farmers and entrepreneurs, which I love. Among those who found their way to this land of opportunity were men who had become legends both before and after their own deaths. Figures like Colonel Davy Crockett from Tennessee. Have we we've all heard of Davy Crockett? Right. Who's Davy Crockett? Man, sounds like a, a whiskey. Rac- he wears a raccoon tail on his hat. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Bro, all I'm, I'm saying is that sucks when you die and you become famous after. Like, fuck. He that. was famous before. 
What, what did are you he talking do, though, about? Man? What did he accomplish? Didn't you just talk about people that got famous? He was a politician in Tennessee. He was a, a frontiersman. Uh, I don't know. He was a big deal. He was a big deal. And he was a colonel in the United States Army. Like, All right. Yeah. All right. All right. I see Davy Crockett. And he served in the Texas Revolution for fucking the Alamo. You know what I've said way more in my life than David Crockett? What? Crikey. Okay. Well, hey, if you watched uh, <laughs> Crockett out, <laughs> I feel that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Australia. All my Aussies out there. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <clears throat> hey, they had the oi, oi, oi on the other side. Yo. I know they had that for go me, ahead, boy. Go, go ahead, go ahead, hit it, hit it, hit it. <laughs> hit it. So, Ozzy, go ahead. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. All right. Yeah, they know. Yeah, we know. I got to give, I uh, like, David Crockett was, David Crockett was cool. I don't know. I I mean, there's just, have it, like. There was a song, right? Well, the, the biography, like, the. Any sort of nonfiction that I've heard about David Crockett has it like led to him saying that he was like, um, like kind of a shitty person, I guess. What an asshole. I know, I got you. Figures like Davy Crockett from Tennessee, frontiersman and failed politician. Failed politician, so he sucked. When his constituents chose not to return him to the U.S. Senate, he told them, You can all go to hell, I'm going to Texas. Ooh, Texas sometimes gets hot as hell. Yeah, what's up, what's up? Sam Houston, former governor of Tennessee and would-be fortune hunter. Jim Bowie from Louisiana. Slaver, Indian fighter, knifeman. William Travis, the letter writer who would one day lead the fight that burned itself into the American consciousness like no other, arrived in 1831. A young and ambitious lawyer, he left a pregnant wife and infant son left behind, uh, son behind in uh, South Carolina. Damn, that's this, just how divorce was back then, bro. You just dip. You just rolled. You just dip. <laughs> okay, I mean, there's a bit about that though. Like, there's, I mean, I think Bill Burr has one like that. The story, unsubstantiated, but often... Okay, let me go back. It was Bill Burr, by the way. Yeah, okay. It was. A young and ambitious lawyer, he had left a pregnant wife and infant son behind in South Carolina. The story, unsubstantiated, but often repeated, was that he'd grown convinced his wife was having an affair. Okay, so your assumptions got the best with you. Wow. Fucking pussy. Certain, uh, Certain that the unborn child, a daughter, later named Susan, was not his own, he shot the supposed lover dead and headed off for Pastor's New. Damn, God damn. Fuck nah, about. He didn't even yeah. know that it was he, the old fucking jealous ass, I mean, silly ass I got, man, if someone what, cheats on you, he can't go killing people. He doesn't dog. know if, he Let doesn't go, even dog. know. Let her go, dog. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> way. Jeez. There's better horizons, boy. <laughs> Like, what the fuck are you doing? So, also, that speaks to his insecurities. I'm not even going to get all fucking psychological, but that speaks to his insecurities. Psychological on him, boy. Yeah, fuck him. I got friends who said they would kill their girl if they they cheated. So, we're not saying, are you serious? Just don't do it. You know, let her go, dog. There's more out there. That's all I got to say. They there. They there. They are out. All right. Gradually, but inexorably, Mexican opinion began to harden against the self-styled Tex- uh, Texians, who seemed unlikely, at, uh, who seemed likely at any moment to try to seek independent status for their new home, annex themselves. Great. Uh, wait, say that. Okay. Yep. Gradually, 
But inexorably, I need to look that word up. Uh, just to spell Which it out, I-N-E-X-O-R-A-B-L-Y. Yeah, because that flew higher than Mount Everest over my head, boy. Okay, so I tried to sound it all out. It mean, all it means is impossible to stop or prevent. Okay. Okay, yeah. so gradually, but impossible to prevent. So because the Mexicans were, were just getting pissed off and it was just going to come to a thing. Gradually, uh, but inexorably, Mexican opinion began to harden against the self-styled um, Texians. The, the, a big thing, though, also... I don't like that like, word. Texians. They don't... Man, ain't no one That's been like, I'm is. a Texian. I'm a Texian. No one says Texian. Just hear this out, though, really quick. I Gradually, bet Texans are yelling at you right now. It's not. He it's even spelled it. He even spelled it. <laughs> it's in the book. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're right. It's in the book. Gradually, but inexorably, Mexican opinion. Just hear this out really quick. Mexican opinion began to harden against the self-styled Texians. So they're like, yo, man, you guys are fucking getting way too comfortable. Who seem likely at any moment to try to seek independent status for their new home. When President Jackson offered to buy Tejas for $5 million, it was the last straw. But by the time Mexico City got around to rejecting the offer and passing laws banning any further American immigration, it was much too little and much too late. No mere paperwork was going to seal the border and the stage was set for armed conflict to settle the matter once and for all. In 1833, General Antonio Lopez de Santa Claus, I mean Anna, I've been wanting to say Santa Claus so much when I was reading this. Like, like Santa Claus, yeah. Uh, okay. In 1833, General Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana was elected president of Mexico. As a soldier, he had fought for independence from the Empire of, of Spain and in 1829 had taken the final surrender of the Spanish General Isidro Barradas. Which is super dope, dog. Like, for him to have, like, like, he had a bunch of respect. Santana had a, a ton amount of respect. And um, mostly because he helped in the um, annexation from Spain. So there was no way that they were not going to fight for this dude. At first, the new president promised to honor the established right of the Texians. But within months, his attitude had changed. Hardening toward his increasingly unruly and apparently independence-minded American tenants, minded American tenants, like as if like the as if he was so annoyed by the Americans that he was just like, look, y'all are just visitors, B. You guys are just visitors, and this is not like going to continue like this. Your style is not that tight. The Texians were wilding. <laughs> they weren't fucking with them, bro. Yeah, at all. Okay, so two years later, or four, uh, excuse me, six years ago. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, as as mad as I get at one side or the other, you know, uh, like they were just trying to get theirs, you know. So I, I see it, but some people are tripping, you know. Right. Bro, it's like it's like one of those things where like. You can't just walk in my house and have a room, bro. 
Yeah, but also, are you serious when you say that though, or are you just yeah. like just like being facetious about that? I don't know. I'm a little tipsy. It, well, no, I but mean, like, but like, are you being like? Well, you gotta, you, you gotta just, remember, yeah, no, it was a different no, world. Just walk up in, like, you know where I live, and yeah. just take over. Hell no, bro. But it's not like it's no fight. one put up a fight. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just where we're at. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. In the story, the cold part is, they, is they've seen it coming, like miles away. Yeah, exactly. That's that's it. There you it, go, and that's what I'm getting at. There you go. I'm seeing it like the writer. Yeah, did his job. You know, I can I can see where they're at right now. They're like, what the f- hold in on the a story? Yeah, I know like, this happened. You know, I'm yeah. talking about right now. Yeah, where you're at. Well, because I'm getting taught a little bit too, so I just want you guys to know that too. Because there's like some parts that you know you don't delve into so much when you're a kid and shit. But like, I well, see where you're coming from, Joe. Like, like I can see where it's like, okay, yeah. I'm a little, I'm like, I'm a little annoyed now that you guys are. Yeah, but you got to remember, like, I mean. I, I mean it, I don't know. Shit. Get, go ahead. But if you get that much power, who knows what you're going to do? The human mind's a crazy place. Sure. And, I mean... Everybody just wants to get theirs, man. I mean, I played StarCraft. I, I, go I that, played dude. StarCraft. You took over episode, places. Everybody just want to get, wants to get theirs. It's, it's almost dude, everybody wants Well, it was peace, just a different you know? time, and it was fucked up. Yeah. Like, because there was no real respect. Right. Because at the end of the day, everyone was just, like Jody said, trying to get theirs. Like... Right. Yeah. Weird times. Weird fucking time. So check this out. I'm going to run this back just to like, and I'm going to reread it um, and point. um, Watch. In 1833, we're going to jump to 1835. So there's going to be two year difference. Okay. In 1833, General Antonio Lopez de Santana was elected president of Mexico. As a soldier... He had fought for independence from the empire of the Spanish general uh, uh, from the empire of Spain, and in 1829, so four years prior to him becoming president, and in 1829 had taken the final surrender of the Spanish general Isidro Barradas. So four years prior to him becoming president, he gained the respect of his people because he had formulated an army to overcome this invading country that had been there for since the Mayans and Aztecs. Right. Okay. Shout out to the Mayans and the Aztecs. <laughs> at first, at first, the new president, and this referring to Santana, promised to honor the established rights of the Texians. Like, okay, cool. We agreed to this. You can chill out. You can have some land. Wait. But with what, it. Hey, go ahead. my bad. What go ahead. Is, who? Okay. I, I know I'm slacking, but the leader of the Santa Ana, what was that again? Like what? Santa Ana is the president of Mexico. Okay, cool. Yeah. Viva Mexico. So, but and Mexico still owns that land. Okay. okay. Because they, they took over Spain four years prior. Okay. That's what and I Spain thought. Spain kind of owned it. I just was getting confused. All right. No, All you're right. good. Okay. Are we on the same page now? Yeah, we're okay. good. I'm sure some people will appreciate is that. Is he talking Even to the Spanish? Like Santa Ana, is he talking to... He's talking to the Americans. He's talking to the Texans. Okay, the Americans. The, the Texians. Yeah, the Texians. Let's yeah. be clear, the Texians. Right. At first... Texians. Check this out. At first, the new president, who is Santa Ana, the new president, Santa Ana, promised to honor the established rights of the Texians. Being See like, more. okay, cool. We established this already. We 
But within months, his attitude had changed. He's like, ah, look. Hardening toward his increasingly unruly and apparently independence-minded American tenants. In 1835, he sent in an army headed by his own brother-in-law. What a bitch. Martin Perfecto de Cos. With orders to stamp on any hint of trouble and bring the whole place to heel. That's some like uh, Lord of the Rings shit. The a company. Whole, the, wait, read wait, that last sentence. The whole place to what? Okay. Who, who was he with? The guy you just named. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In 1835, he sent in an army headed by his own brother-in-law, the uh, Martin Perfecto de Cos. He's Perfecto uh, de Cos. Santana. See. Yeah. Okay. Okay, nombre. With orders to stamp on, with orders to report on any hint of trouble and bring the whole place to heel. Like, to oh, wait, hell. hold up. Yeah, like to hold up a minute. Like, you, you guys, are, you guys smack are that, bitches. Yeah, like, are you guys, you, you guys aren't that cool. You guys still got to fucking. Charlie check a hoe. Yo, I'll, you guys still got to kneel with Martin. Yeah, this is this is uh this is like, you know, it's like Lord of the Rings. So man. He, he came to enforce some shit. Yeah. He was like, look. Y'all got to get the fuck out of here, man. Or just calm down. Party's over. Or just calm down. Yeah, GP. yeah. Party's over. On GP. That's just what it is. <laughs> GP. You get the fuck out of here. I feel it. Bitches need to go back. This is more. where... This is, watch. <laughs> this is about to get juicy, dog. Okay. A company... Juicier than high C. A company of Mexican cavalrymen was sent into the town of Gonzales during the first week in October... To confiscate an ancient cannon used from time to time for frightening off Indians. I'm going to say Native Americans wait, from now on. Wait, That's wait who up. who had the cannon? They didn't even shoot uh, at them? The, the Spanish? The, no, the Americans. The Texians. Oh, fuck. So them Texans so told, were... So, so they, brought in, they, they brought in a cannon with them when they rolled in, and they were scaring away the locals? Yeah. They wasn't even shooting at them. They was just scaring them? Yeah. Some witchcraft, man. Right. Fucked up bullshit. Dude, shout they, out to they, my natives. I'm shout so- out to my peoples. Yeah, man. I'm sorry, man. They fucked that shit up. I, I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking about. I'm ready. Uh, man, uh, I feel bad because I know what's coming. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> you know? We know the result. We know the end result, man. We this might is, not know dude, the end result. Hey, we're John, living. you weren't lying. You weren't lying when you said this is gonna might be the most like up <laughs> we, to this. We gotta point. we gotta live in the moment of this the shit, book yeah. where we're at, though. Right. That's why I'm just trying to figure it out, dog. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure this out. Shit, yeah, you know. So if you hear me talking a lot, it's, yeah. When the horsemen arrived, they found the locals gathered around their antique under a banner reading, "Quote." Come and take it. Oh, testing. That's what she said. I, ha- I had to. I'm sorry, people. As the Mexicans, as the Mexi- uh, as the Mexicans approached. Oh, are you guys ready for this? As the Mexican approach, as the Mexicans, oh, Mexicano. as the Mexicans approached, Locales. the gun was fired. And a most ineffectual load of scrap metal blasted Aww. forth in a cloud of white smoke. The Bro, casualties were few, but the... Hey, this sounds like a trailer park. They was trying to, like, set Bruh. up shop. They was they tripping. trash in the fucking cannon. Man. Bitches, man. Trying to scare... Man. I ain't fucking right, with these hoes. No, they, they were just trying to defend their home. 
Man. No. They man, say no. come and take There's it. There's difference between being no, a bitch man. and defending okay, your so, own. No, no, come no, in my on, house. I really, I really want to. Okay. And then tell me to take the remote, man, because I'm going to come and take that shit. You ain't changing my even, channel. But then you're going to throw cabbage on me? Try. Cabbage? I mean. Well, he's just talking about the. I'm just talking about how cabbage I Cabbage way better shit. than scrap right. metal. But, all right, let's go. No, I get it. No, I, that's why I'm yeah, pulling yeah, this yeah, out. Yeah, 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 of course, man. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, keep it, keep it moving, man. We got like a so they shot some bullshit ass. Like I'm just just kidding. They shot some peas out the cannon, and then what happened? The casualties were few. Oh wait, so it killed some. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a cannon. Bruh, when I think of the cannon, they just got that one ball. You just fucking dodge that shit. Yeah, that shit with like fuck a cannon. Of I'll fuck, I know, but I'll fuck said, up the cannon, I know, but boy. John, it said that there were scrap, it was scrap metal. It was scrap, scrap metal. metal. So it's I played like, too much Mario. <laughs> I've been playing Fortnite, so I feel it. I, I just see it like that. The oh, casualties fuck were few. Fuck a cannon up. The casualties were few, but the repercussions immense. Port to fort on them hoes. The Texians had gone to war. At first, the majority aim was not independence, just opposition to the centralist government of Santa Ana. A provisional government of Texas was hastily sworn in, and Sam Houston was given the job of recruiting and leading a Texas defense force. For General Cos, there was worse to come. By December, he had been brought to bay by a few hundred Texas volunteers in the chapel of an old Spanish mission station close by the San Antonio River. Its name was the Mission San Antonio de Valero, but most folk close by knew it was by name by Spanish name for the cottonwood trees that grew around it. Alamo. Let so Alamo means cottonwood tree in Spanish? Let me read that back one more time. Let me read that back one more time. Just Arbol Alamo. Let me read that back one more time. At first, the majority aim was not independence. The majority aim was not independence. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want you guys to understand that. At first, the majority aim was not independence. It was just war at that point. Just opposition to the centralist government of Santa Ana. A provisional government of Texas was hastily sworn in and Sam Houston was given the job of recruiting and leading a Texas defense force. For General Cos, there was worse to come. By December, he had been brought to bay by a few hundred Texas volunteers in the chapel of an old Spanish mission station close by the San Antonio River. Which Shout is the river rock today. Which river. is the river rock today. Its name was the Mission the San Antonio de Valero. De, de Valero. But most folk <laughs> close by knew it by the Spanish name for the cottonwood trees that grew around it. Los Alamos. Alamo. Alamo. Cos surrendered. Uh, Cos, I said surrendered. Cos surrendered and was surrendered. Not, I know, I'm just getting. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> into this now. I'm getting. I'm. I'm. I'm flowing now. Cos surrendered and was allowed to leave along with his surviving men. With their tails between their legs, they were allowed to skulk home to Mexico. While many of his fellow Texians celebrated their eviction of the Mexican army, Sam Houston urged caution and continued vigilance. He could see the writing on the wall, even if no one else could, that Santa Ana would seek revenge and that the Mexican forces far outnumbered anything the fledgling Republic of Texas could put in their path. God 
Damn. He pledged to fight, but he wanted to do it in his own way by avoiding a head-on confrontation and using guerrilla tactics to harass any Mexican invasion column. Once he had the tar once he had the larger animal bleeding from enough wounds, he would bring it to the battle. He would bring it to battle at a time and place of his own choosing. Mira, Let me run no that right back. Let me run that right back for you, real quick. Run it back. Them bars. Run it back cause. one time. Cause. They are bars, huh? You just dropping bars. Who who wrote this book? Neil Oliver. Neil. Neil was true. All right, go ahead. With their tails. Bars. Okay. Cos is uh, the brother-in-law of Santana. Cos surrendered and was allowed to leave along with his surviving men. With their tails between their legs, they were allowed to skulk home to Mexico. While many of his fellow Texians celebrated their eviction of the Mexican army, which is super cool. They're like, uh, yeah, fucking we got them. Sam Houston still urged caution and cool. continued vigilance. Okay, well, I mean, that's what they were doing at the time, right? I don't know about no, this. Yes. Okay, yeah, keep going, Just man. Just roll with me. Yeah, let's yeah. roll with it. Yeah. He could see the writing of the wall. Sam Houston. Sam Houston could see the writing on the wall. Okay. Even if no one else could. And what that was is that Santa Ana would seek revenge. Santa Ana didn't give a fuck. And that the Mexican forces far outnumbered anything the fledgling Republic of Texas could put in their path. They were they were out there they were they were So the Texians were the Republic of Texas? Yeah. Okay. And there so there was they were worried they were worried no about les importa nada los Texans. He pledged the fight but he wanted Texas. to do it his own way by avoiding uh, he he pledged the fight but he wanted to do it his own way. By he, I mean Sam Houston. By avoiding a head-on confrontation. Sam Houston? Sam Houston. Come Did on. he name that city, though? No, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, okay, yeah, let's keep it Sam Houston didn't give a fuck. Mabin. Mabin. Keep <laughs> he Mabin. pledged to fight, but he wanted to do it his own way. By avoiding a head-on confrontation and using guerrilla tactics okay. to harass any Mexican invasion. Bro, why do they call it guerrilla? Like, these guerrillas really out here doing some crazy shit? Guerrillas? Man, come yeah, on. They ain't crazy. even come on, man. Once bro, I had, ain't ever seen a gorilla do not shit. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Once bro. he had the larger animal bleeding. Come from on, enough man. Wounds. We in Texas or we in Congo, <laughs> we, cuz? Is this practice? Is this practice? Practice? <laughs> we talking about Texas. All right, gorilla uh, tactics. What did this boy do? Once he had the lar- so his idea was that once he had the larger animal bleeding from enough wounds, he would bring it to battle at a time and place of his own choosing. Okay, look, that's cold blooded. No, it's not gorilla. Ta- it is cold blooded, but gorilla tactics is obviously very simple. Um, you in- rip their head and arms hey, off. No, it's not this that. Is in be Vietnam, a long, in Vietnam, longest episode. No, ever. it's not. No, it's not. It's not okay. even close yet. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. In Vietnam, in Vietnam, they used guerrilla warfare as they were going through the jungle. So what you do is you just explain hide to out. the people what guerrilla warfare yeah. means. Yeah, a gorilla ain't done shit. Yeah. He's, he's no, gorilla is not spelled like gorilla. <laughs> no, it's G U E. It's not G O. Y'all, y'all, well, what the? Come on, man. Gorilla Come warfare. On, English be on. fucking me up. Hold on, gorilla Jonathan. Warfare. All right, <laughs> gorilla warfare is a form of irregular warfare in which a small group of combatants, such as fighting. paramilitary personnel, armed civilians, or irregulars, use, or yeah, or use or uh, and they use military tactics, including ambushes. Sabotage and raids and petty warfare, hit and run tactics and mobility. Petty warfare, fire, on, I like that hold on, shit. Hold on, hold on. 
and mobility to fight a larger and less mobile Wait, traditional so army. I'm still I'm still missing it. What, what is guerrilla so warfare? It's, guerrilla warfare is the 2018 equivalent of bashing you on Twitter or Instagram no, all no, day. No, 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 come no, on, no, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm trying to really find. No, hey, I'm really trying to. I want to know. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like I'm gonna truncate means. it for you. So I'm gonna put it into the small. Okay, truncate so truncate it. Truncate. 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 Um, oh, my wh- bad. Wh- no, no, no. Seriously, this is it. Guerrilla warfare is this. So if if you if I had a big army and you didn't, okay, you would find out where. Um, you could put two of your homies over here. You can put two of your homies over here. And as we um, have our... Is guerrilla warfare like a strategy? Yep. Okay. See, that's what I was fully asking, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's a strategy. Just the definition. It's a, strat- it's a strategy for a smaller um, group of folks that don't have a lot of military experience um, to take down a large group of folks okay, that so do have... So pretty much like it's like just a... Yeah. The yeah. Spartans use guerrilla warfare. Um, the Spartans use guerrilla warfare and just like their own warfare because they were fucking trained. I'm just trying to understand. Wait, you know? so guerrilla... Okay, so guerrilla warfare would be like the Syrian army backed by Assad versus the citizens of Syria no, that they got no, over there. No, 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 no. Or am I wrong? Yeah, no. The the this the guerrilla warfare would be exactly what I just was saying. If if it was if it was just like if if I had if I had six if I had six people on my team and you had twenty. Right. So hold on. The smaller army is the only cat that can use guerrilla warfare. No. So it's does the number the or the it's action the define guerrilla? My bad. I'm getting off track because this is just more about a definition. I just wanted to know what that means. I've heard that word. A We're lot. sorry, listeners. It's you usually know. it's usually just a smaller group of combatants. So like yeah, I'm saying. So like it, so like uh, guerrilla warfare is usually like it's just like tactics like like hiding inside of trees and shit and fucking killing people like when. Got you. Okay, let's keep yeah. it moving. My bad. Bro. You understand what I'm saying though? Yeah, like guerrilla. Yeah. For, yeah. I just wanted to understand because I've heard that term a lot of times. You know. Right. Okay. Okay, so once we once uh once he, uh, let's go back. Okay, he could see that he could see the writing on the wall, even if no one else could. That Santa Ana would seek revenge, and that the Mexican forces far outnumbered anything the fledgling Republic of Texas could put in their path. He pledged to fight, but he wanted to do it his own way by avoiding a head-on confrontation and using guerrilla tactics to harass any Mexican invasion col- column. Once he had the larger animal bleeding from enough wounds, he would bring it to battle at a time and place of his own choosing. Okay. Unfortunately for Sam Houston, while the provisional government had made him commander in chief of its army, they stopped short of giving him total control over all of its would be fighting men. So even though they said, hey, yeah, you're, you know, uh, the commander in chief of your army over there in Texas, you can't have all your all these people. Colonel James Fannin was one of them. And against Houston's, Sam Houston's express wishes, he was able to lead a force of volunteers south, apparently to take the fight directly to Santa Ana. Oh, man, go man, ahead. Go ahead, bro. This is, this is some side shit I'll ask you after. Okay. His campaign, his campaign was shambolic from the outset, largely due to his inability to maintain discipline among the men. As he approached the city of Matamoros on the Mexico-Texas border, he learned that one general, Jose Urrea, was marching toward him with a large force. Finally, appreciating that discretion is the better part of valor, 
he withdrew 25 miles back in the direction he had come from and holed up in a town called Goliath. Near uh, Goliad, excuse me, near San Antonio. That was San Antonio, if you didn't catch that on the hiccup. <laughs> Houston's worst dreams were here. Oh, d- Houston's worst dreams are the Utah Jazz. That's all I'm going to say right uh, now. Okay. Wait, yeah. What? I missed that. I was, Houston, I was Houston's worst. Uh, Houston's worst dreams were anyway coming true, which means they're going to play the Utah Jazz in the round two. <laughs> Shout out to the Utah Jazz. Shout out to not the make this about Utah the playoffs, Jazz. but Shout you know it's jazz. Utah. Jazz. But it's Nation the Utah Gang. Jazz, and I'm going to give a shout yeah. out to them. You already know Jazz Nation. We'll jazz Nation. Up. Bang bang wow. gang gang. Okay, okay, we got. Okay, yeah. Let's keep it moving, Nate. Houston's worst dreams were anyway coming true. Santa Ana himself, his macho pride wounded beyond endurance by the drub, uh, by the drumming meted out to his brother-in-law, that's homie, was marching north at the head of an army 4,000 strong. Reinforcements. Dude, he had an army of 4,000 people. Okay, all right. Reinforcements were already gathering at the Rio, on the Rio Grande already. Rio Grande, excuse Rio me, ready Grande. to join him and push into Texas like a juggernaut. Because fuck it, yo, we're going to fucking go into Texas. What do these guys think? With a, they, they're just going to come in and shit on our fucking couch? Hell no. No, no hell no. Fucking Texas, no, you don't do man. that. God damn it. God, God took over. Yeah, thanks to, thanks to Fanning, Houston's, Sam, uh, Fanning, Houston's available fighting force was cut in two. And he had now to find a way to slow down the Mexicans and give himself time to regroup. With Santa Ana en route to San Antonio, Houston sent Jim Bowie to round up the uh, hundred or so soldiers still holding the nearby Alamo after the defeat of course the previous December. A hundred or so. Bowie arrived at the mission station in mid-January. Shout out to the mission, San Francisco. <laughs> with orders to get the men and ammunition moving and to blow up the buildings. Houston knew Santa Ana would be trouble enough without gifting and buildings ideal for housing his soldiers. The Alamo was too big to be successfully defended by a small force and destruction and orderly withdrawal from the area seemed like the most sensible course of action. Right. But then Bowie. <coughs> Bowie. It's Bowie. But then David Bowie, Bowie. But when Bowie. Boo. Met with the station commander, Colonel James Neal, he immediately had second thoughts about abandoning the place. Neil had been hard at work positioning the artillery he had available to him, reorganizing the interior of the compound and generally strengthening the fortifications. It no longer looked like much at all like the house of God, more like a fort. Apart from anything else, Bowie was a fighting man, a duelist with a lethal reputation. Some said he was the most dangerous fellow in all the world. How likely was it that such a man, a man who'd gone so far as to design and make his own killing knife, who had never yet turned his back on a fight, even when grievously outnumbered, would walk away from this one? There are, after all, some men who simply will not be told. In a letter from the Alamo dated February 2nd, Bowie wrote, quote, Colonel Neal and myself have come to the solemn resolution that we will rather die in these ditches than give it up to the enemy, end quote. Yo, man, cats had fucking pride, B. Cats had pride. They were tripping. Uh, were they tripping or was it just like pride, bro? Like, where the fuck else you got, man? It's 18 fucking 36. Bro, the thing, it's just crazy. Like, why is it crazy? You gotta fucking put more context on that. Bro, like, 
Hey, these motherfuckers really were just showing up at a spot like Utah, and they was looking at this bitch, and they was like, well, it's mine now. Fuck anyone else that's here. Yeah, Sandy's pretty nice, dog. I think I'm going to take over. Right. No, I get that. No, I get, so no, I, I feel what you're saying. It was just a different time. It was just right. a, it was a time when real life people didn't give a flying shit. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. This is crazy to me to be reading about this because I felt like I knew about the Alamo, but like it, it's like it's a lot deeper than right. I, I yeah. remember. I didn't read this book when I was in like high school. I remember him like studying the Alamo and what happened and feeling bad and seeing stuff, but this. I'm, well, I, I maybe like how, I, I, I mean like I did both, smoke. I, I like how both sides are explained. Yeah. I like how like like yeah, they tell about what the tech the Republic. Yeah, I agree. And also like Texaco, Texaco, those Texans. You know the gas stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texans. Anyway, the no, but, how are they said? But, Texations. Uh, the Texations. Y'all should start. What I'm saying though, like, is the, the like to even empower a little bit of like the like how. You know, yes. the Mexican authority was getting over their own shit with the Spanish. You know what I'm saying? Because the Spanish might be the biggest losers in this whole thing because they fucking just lost out on a punch of land. Oh, right? No, man. Maybe they weren't. No, you, <laughs> hey, you know, I don't know, bro. They got here when all the gold was still here, boy. So how much did they really lose? I don't, you're not wrong. Where do you know they you're burned wrong. history? You know, books. they took all they that. They wasn't back trying to there. hear nothing. Hey, they burned history books, they burned religious books, they burned everything. They try to get rid of Damn. evidence of anything. That's real. And, you know, now shout That's out to church. my Mexicans. You know what I mean? Hey, Los, na- los Natives. Hey, no, I, I'm We're not close. against. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not against. You know, shit, this me is, this neither. Is I'm white. I'm it's just fluent Spanish. We're just, we're just it's just real shit. We're I'm, just listen, commenting on I'm listening and I'm, I'm just, you know, commenting speaking out loud on what I'm, no, what yeah. I'm thinking. Right. You know, William Travis, lawyer, adventurer, and runaway husband. Oh my God! And runaway. That is a that is some. Yeah. Hold on. Hey, hey that's hating. That's a resume. Hey, that's a resume. That. That's hating because at why is that hating? Hey, at any point in his runaway life, husband, that boy caught the label of runaway husband. Bro, tell me one husband that hold ain't up. wanted to hold run up. away. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> why did he run away, man? Shit, I mean, I can think of about 14 reasons I would have ran away before my divorce happened. Hey, all I'm saying, <laughs> they they labeled him runaway say husband. Say it, Joe, say it. It sounded like it was negative, but, you know. Bro, hey. no, they threw that. That was shade. No, that no, was shade. That was, shade. That, was that was definitely shade. That was man. definitely shade. They said, For, dude, hey. there was no way. That someone read that, proofread it, and and really said that they can put that into publishing without being like, "Fuck this guy." Hey, runaway husband. <laughs> Run away. That boy ran. Man, if he's running, why aren't we looking at the wife? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what did she get? Like her face beat, smashed by like a shovel or something? Did he get his face smashed? Part of me's thinking Why did he's he running run away. Did yep. she try to stab him? Did she cut his dick off? All I know is that ain't no man ever ran away from good pussy and good bitch. <laughs> hey, but also, but also, but also, for them to say "runaway husband," and this is a book, and this is a book that was like fucking like to okay. Let's, and this hey, is a book that's like that was, hey that was hey that's just hey I, I apologize but, that hey, was a little too that the, was the ratchet. label of runaway like hey man. <laughs> 
give my man a break. You know, I know, but what was the author really trying to point out to like the little kids, the little boys that were reading this? Because the name of the book is Amazing Tales for Making Men Out of Boys by Neil. They just had to throw that in there though. Like why? Like don't be a runaway husband. I ain't mad at it. I don't know. Probably. What what was the three things he was the William Travis lawyer? Lawyer. The adventure. Adventure beast. And runaway husband. Like, asshole? Like, what? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Come on, man. They got to throw my guy boy. under the Give bus like that. A bit of, you know. <laughs> well, ain't no one asking for her opinion. Runaway husband. Oh, hey, Did he provide for the kids? Hey, uh, on some bro code shit, like homie, man to man. Oh, my God. He, he had to dip. There was a Brad, reason. Sometimes you just gotta get the fuck out. Well, he, and remember, he he uh, the thing was is that he thought that uh, she was cheating on him. Okay, let's go. But anyway, let's go. Okay, keep it right. moving. William Travis, lawyer, adventurer, We're about forty-eight pages. Yeah, in yeah. Now, was by now a lieutenant colonel in Houston's Texas Army. In February, he was sent by the provisional government, at the head of a force of around thirty cavalrymen, to take command of the forces at the Alamo. Neil's family had been taken ill, and he had been given permission to go to their aid. Bowie was angry about the new command structure at first. For a start, he was older than Travis, and as far as he was concerned at least, he bore the rank of full colonel. More to the point, he was armed with far, uh, far more experience in the business of fighting. There was a standoff and a battle of wills before Bowie agreed to lead the volunteer infantry. I respect it. While if while Travis would command the regular army and volunteer cavalry, in the event he was taken ill not long afterward and spent most of the siege laying, lying on what would become the, his deathbed, Davy Crockett, the so-called king of the wild frontier, God damn it, Davy Crockett once again, came to join the fight as well along with a handful of fennel, fellow Tennesseans. Shout out to my brother-in-law, Chris. He's a Tennessean. On February 24th. Tunisian. Which side are you ah, on? Tunisian. Which side are you on, bro? The Tunisians? Or the Texians? I'm just asking. I don't know. I don't know which side I'm Listen, on. Listen, it's all love at the end of the day, but we know what it is. We know, we we know, know what cracking. it is. Texians, man. Uh, on February 24th. Check this out. Here we go. Okay. God damn. Yo, y'all, we're uh, we're almost home. We're almost home. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna run up, through man. this. I know Let's, I'm gonna man, run through this. We're sorry, guys. Kinds of stuff. Let's go. On Come February twenty fourth, Santa Ana arrived in San Antonio. Shout out Santa Ana. At the head, at the head of as many as six thousand men. Whoo! He advanced. He had advanced into Texas beneath the. He had advanced into Texas beneath the black flag, a declaration that no quarter would be given to those determined to oppose him. Good he, at one point, he, at one, he at once demanded the surrender of the occupants of Mission San Antonio de Valera. Bien hecho. He was then, it was then that Travis responded with a cannon shot toward the assembled host. Woo. Just like, woo. okay, hold on. Before placing his letter to the people of Texas and all Americans in the world in the hands Cack of a mounted courier. The, 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 the letter that I just read, he put into the hands of a mounted courier. Albert Martin and sending him on his way. So he sent it off. Remember what we just read at the beginning of the whole thing that he was saying, hey, Simon. please bring everyone here. Please bring everyone here. Yeah. There was precious, there was precious little support I saw to that be movie. had. Good More movie. letters were sent in the coming days. At least one to Fannin, holed up in nearby Goliad, but he sent no one to bolster the tiny band now facing the might of Santa Ana. 
Word reached the town of Gonzales, home of the infamous Come and Take a Cannon. Come and, and Take yeah, a Cannon. Yeah, and around 30 Fuck Texians yeah. answered the call. Approaching the fort under cover of darkness, they slipped through the defenses to join the beleaguered few. There were they would be no more. Oh I, I'd be beleaguered too. Yeah, dog. I'm really glad you're reading this story because beleaguered is completely out of my vocabulary. Oh, they were beleaguered, and I feel it. You know what I'm saying? The fuck does beleaguered mean? I might get beleaguered while beleaguered? listening to this story. I mean, it, it sounds all right means. in context, but do you know what the actual definition of beleaguered that is? means? Uh, the small force. Like the small, the beleaguered, the small, the, all right, all right. the, the uh, underdog, the underdog, the, yeah, the, the underdog force, beleaguered, the, the ones that, the cast outs. Yeah. All right. I can fuck the with that. The outsiders, the misfits. I feel it. Beleaguered. I feel it. It's mostly I'm just like goon. the small ones. Beleaguered. There would Beleaguites. be no more. Okay. Check this out. There would be no more re- reinforcements. This guy has 6,000 people, but there, Santa Ana has 6,000. These guys don't have 6,000 people. There's hella more people in Santa Ana, California than that. Shout out to Santa Ana, California. <laughs> that ain't, hey, let's go. Come okay. on, hey. Come there on, will be, dog. There will be no more. I can't fucking help it. We're fucking around, man. Keep it going, Nate. I'm let's trying go. my best, I Joe. started it. My bad. Let's it's go. interesting. <laughs> shit dog you just keep making me think of some other shit hey, okay let, let's good. roll like zigzags you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, yeah there will be no more reinforcements no more chance of help those now hold on check this out no those now within the walls of the alamo around 180 fighting men were all there would ever be 180 ah. versus 6,000. god man Bro, if there was Shout 180, out to y'all 180 savages that was with the shits. And when I say savage, that's a positive note. That motherfucker's dead as shit. Let's go. Tra- Sam or uh, Travis Down New, William Travis New. Furthermore, that plans were afoot to split Texas from Mexico once and for all. They were like, fuck it. This is what we're doing. Some 150 miles away in the town of Washington on the, on the Brazos, a delegation had gathered. In Washington? To, uh, Washington on the Brazos. That's the name of the, that was the name of the town. A delegation had gathered to compose the, dec- the Texas Declaration of Independence. So they're like, fuck this. We're going to fucking make our own Declaration of Independence from Mexico. Like, we're just doing it. Hey, that. America was just built on some crazy shit. Let right. me just say that. Yeah, this whole shit's Thank you. Hey, bro, everything, like, from the time that they were, like, wrote all that shit. You know, when fucking John Hancock had this. Man, it was just Hancock like didn't give a fuck. It was, like, four dudes. His real name the, was John the, Foot the Penis. Fathers or whatever. I'm not trying to get into that deep ass shit, but what I'm saying is <laughs> this fucking hey, don't laugh, bro. This this whole shit, like, man, just some redneck ass fools moved into Texas and right. called themselves Texians. They didn't give which a Which was fuck. part of Mexico. They were just like, nah, we, we feel it here. Like, and part of me feels it. We're posting up and then we'll, we'll throw this scrap metal in this cannon God damn and it. shoot at these fucking Indians, right? Man, like, that shit's crazy. fucked up. And then the president of Mexico was like, the okay, president, well, yeah, I, I, he was we like, agreed "Fuck y'all, to this. Let, we, we agreed yeah, to like, this yeah, at the beginning. We let you come in, but like, whoa, whoa, like." And then months later, was like, "Y'all trifling, yeah, man, y'all." Yo, fucking. it's just like, "Fuck, man, it's always the same story." I just love like that Thanksgiving, you said that. it's just like Thanksgiving, man. When the pioneers invaded and fucking, man, I'm just, I'm going deep. That was pilgrims. I love it. No, I love it. Who? Pilgrims, not pioneers, cuz you oh, said pioneers. My bad. What? Okay. Pilgrim. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. You, you knew, though. <laughs> yeah. So, my point is, the fucking pilgrims done strolled over like, yeah, we cool. And then, you know. The point is that the U.S. history The point is, is the America, man. It's like, the same story. Hey, when you're talking about, like, immigrants and shit, 
Come the fuck on, bro. Yeah. Right. I, that's all I got to say. Go ahead. I get that. Some 150 miles away in the town of Washington on the Brazos, a delegation had gathered to compose the Texas Declaration of Independence. While the talks went on, and while efforts got underway to raise a full army for the fight ahead, Travis saw it as the duty of the men now stubbornly dug in the, behind the walls of the Alamo to keep Santa Ana occupied. If he and his thousands were besieging the Alamo, then they, they weren't... Were if they were going to be besieging the Alamo, if they were going to attack the Alamo. Attacking that shit. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Then they, weren't, <clears throat> then they weren't off doing greater harm to the nascent uh, independence movement elsewhere. So the the COM, the nascent, uh, N-A-S-C-E-N-T. Um, the hell like does the that com, mean? The COM. The, like, the, like when the, Nate the, shows up and everything. Is the nascent. Shout Nate out to Nate, my it. boy. Yeah, I feel it. All right, Nate, go ahead. So star of the so, show. Okay. That's not Nate Wood at eight if he was asking. February gave but way I to March. But I Nate Smith. Let's Shout get, out to Nate go. Smith. February gave not way me. to March. And so there was nothing. Just check this out. February gave way to March. And still so there was nothing for the defenders of the Alamo to do. But watch the buildup of an enemy force behind the walls. By March 3rd, it was clear their situation was hopeless. Sometime that day. Sometime that day. Or the next Travis had the defenders gathered in the courtyard. He made the situation plain to all of them, as if anyone there could have been in any doubt, and stressed once again that there would be no reinforcements, no relief. God damn it. God damn it. He told him, he told him, quote, we must die, he told him. What? Quote, our business is not to make a fruitless you, effort. You either with the shits Yo, or not with the shits. We got 180, be, 180 against fucking 6,000. I'm saying 180 against 6,000. What are we doing, bro? What was these people fighting for? Like we, we they were fighting. Th- I just got done talking about the Texas Declaration okay, of Independence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you know what, what I'm saying? Like they, like they, what? So they're gonna go grow some corn? Yeah, they like the soil. They want to you. stay there, bro. Yeah, thank they you. They love the land. Just you know, just like everything in American history. Thank you. They're tripping. Same story. Go no, ahead, it's not bro. tripping. Shit. If, it, yeah. if, it, if it's hey, game no, time, it's game I respe- time. I, like, I respect it on GP status. Like, you came, took over and shit, but on some real shit, like, it was dirty. Right. They did dirty. them dirty. It was dirty. You're not wrong. Okay. Um, he made the situation plain to all of them as if, uh, and this is Sam Houston, as if anyone there could have been in any doubt already because they're like, yeah, we already get it. And stress once again that there would be no reinforcements, no relief. We must die, he told them. Our business is not to make a fruitless effort to save our lives, but to choose the manner of our death. He said he said it was up to every man to choose what he would do. There would be no shame for any who try, who decided it was better to leave the Alamo and take his chances trying to make it through the enemy lines of safety. So saying he drew his so saying, he drew his saber from his belt. And used the tip of it to draw a long line in the sand and dirt at his feet. That imagery is fucking crazy to me. So saying, he drew his saber from his belt and used the tip of it to draw a long line in the sand and dirt at his feet. Only those willing and happy to join him and fight, come what may, should step across it. And he said... We're going to. Yeah, you're right. I know that, though. Okay. Um, Only those willing and happy to join him and fight, come what may, should step across it, he said. 
At that, a French veteran in the Napole- uh, Napoleonic Wars by the name of Louis Moses Rose held up his hand and asked permission to leave. Travis stepped forward and shook by the hand. He wished by, he wished the man good luck and Godspeed and sent him away. Ha- um, quote, by God, I wasn't ready to die, said Rose later. And it is because of his decision and his successful run through the Mexican lines that we know about Sam Travis and his line in the sand. With the Frenchman gone, Travis turned once more to his remaining men. Quote, those of you prepared to give their lives and freedom's cause come over to me, he said. Every one of them stepped across the line, all except Sam Bowie. By now bedridden, he had had his bed carried out into the courtyard so he could wear what Travis had to say. Hear what Travis had to say. Now he called to Crockett. He was going to die. Now he called to Crockett and a few of the other men and had them carry him over the line as well. Bed and all. Damn, yo. God damn. That is fucking savage, dog. That's like fucking pride shit. That's like, yo, let's all pick him up and pull him over and put him across the finish line. But That's also, crazy. Like, he's part of it too. He's just bedridden. He's just sick. He wants to be in it. Like, yo, grab the other pole. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Let's just pull him over the line that he just fucking set. Nasty dog. This is a time frame, fellas. This, this is, is a, a different frame. mindset. This is a fucking time frame where shit is just always dirty. Like, sh- yeah, like, it's just not. It doesn't even fucking matter. Hey, shit me, is not hey. swagged out. Shit is not swagged. You know out. what? Can no. I bring this back to in the beginning when I said it was dark and we were kind of questioning straight up when you were like, Joe, what do you mean it was dark? I said with every revolution or everything that we go through in history. There's some fucked up there's, shit there's behind gonna the be curtains. Like, I mean, there's going to be the people that are like, yeah, that we fought for our shit because we deserve it, America. And then there's going to be the people that are like... Yeah, well, you I mean, fucked us like, over. Huh? You, you might have killed thousands of fucking people. So, you know, but yeah, I'm I'm glad to be an American, man. I am. I'm. We're lucky to be born here. Shout you know out to the motherfucking U.S. of A. Hey, shit. My grandparents, you know, migrated here. Just like same with my parents, grandparents. I'm appreciative, and uh, you know, first, second generation Americans, and you know, no, we're blessed. But the point I'm making is, I'm just bringing it back to in the beginning when we was questioning, like, you know, when I was talking about that. So that's it. Yeah, but and I agree with you, and I think that like for just put this image in your, just put this image in your head. You have a you have a band of dudes. You have a band of dudes in it. It's fucking texas just put texas and then um my man sam houston pulls out his saber fucking it's on written records like accounts of this shit that he did it of dudes that just said it and uh he put a line down with his saber everyone was across it hey do you want to come if you if you're down for the cause walk across there was a dude that was like nah i'm good so he rolled out but then everyone else did, and Sam Bowie was in his fucking bed, and these guys fucking moved his shit over. That's crazy. That's that's wild. Could you imagine? Sam Bowie was a goon. His the people that did that shit were a goon. 
Well, he had his bed Don't carried out in there, so he was in the Alamo. He was in the Alamo. He was. I want to talk about pulling the lid. You want to talk about pulling the lid? Let's finish the story, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, let's finish. Crazy. Crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, some. Yeah, I got some, I got some ideas about this shit. I got something for y'all, man. Just Every one of them. Okay, here we go. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Let me reset this. Every one of them stepped across the line, all except Sam Bowie. By now, bedridden, he had had his bed carried out into the courtyard. So he could hear what Travis had to say. Now he called to Crockett and a few of the other men and had them carry over the line as well, bed and all. Before dawn on March sixth, with the sun still ab- uh, with the sun still absent from the sky, the defenders heard the sound of a bugle from the beyond the walls. Whether they recognized it or not, it was a tune called El Deguelo. That had been brought to Spain by the Moors. The more literal translation translation of the name is slit throat. Woo! And slit it was throat. yeah, and it was played at the bullfight to signal the sword was about to be used to finish off the cornered beast. For the Mexican soldiers gathered beyond the walls of the Alamo, it meant no quarter was to be extended to those they found alive inside. Yo, that means that they were just like, yo, everyone's dead. Like everyone's dead. Right. The best part of 3,000 howling... That's a guaranteed win, man. Anyways, keep going. The best part of 3,000 howling, bellowing infantrymen then charged full tilt from their positions on the walls above. They assembled Texians, Kentuckians, New Yorkers, Pennsylvanians, Tennesseans, and the rest picked off the front runners. Picked off... Yeah, picked off the front runners... Hold on. This story is about to end, but I just... Can you guys be with here from... this? Yes. this let's get this out. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reset this because... Okay, yeah. My bad, bro. Let's do it. No, no, it's Run fine. It back. No, right here. Before dawn on March 6th, with the sun still absent from the sky, the defenders heard the sound of a bugle. Oh, yeah. Like the dog. <laughs> <laughs> from beyond the walls whether they recognize it or not it was a tune called El Duelo that had been brought to Spain by the Moors the most literal translation of the name is slit throat and it was played at the oh a slit throat and it was played it was played at the bullfight to signal the sword was about to be used to finish off the cornered beast for the Mexican soldiers gathered beyond the walls of the Alamo it meant no quarter was to be extended to those they found alive inside. Okay. The best part Rest of 3,000 howling, bellowing infantrymen then charged full tilt. From their positions on the That's walls above, the assembled Texians, Kentuckians, New Yorkers, Pennsylvanians, Tennesseans, and the rest picked they, off the front runners. They all came out. They all came out. Oh, Zion. Picked off the front runners with well-directed fire. The Mexicans were armed with smooth bore muskets, and at first... The superior range and marksmanship of the defenders' rifles took a toll. More than 600 attackers would fall in the next few minutes. So they were just nailing them. Let's go. Sheer weight of numbers made the difference from the start. However, and within moments, the Mexicans were using ladders to scale the walls. Woo! Let's go! What did I say about ladders earlier? We knew that they were. I knew there was walls in the story, right? They was was not playing. The Texans did it. 
And well, wow. Okay. Okay. This is the, this, go, is, this is this is this is the apex. Go. This is the apex. So this is the fight. Travis was on the north wall when the firing started. He right. was seen to drop more than one attacker with his rifle before tackling another who lunged toward him from the top of a ladder. Travis knocked him to the ground with the butt of a pistol and was ready, and Ooh. readying himself and, and readying himself to fire again when an enemy musket ball hit him square in the forehead, killing him Ooh, instantly. Oh, yeah, a good aim. So player. he's done. So he's done from a musket. The Mexicans From came musket. One, one, one of the dudes on the American side. The, mus, the Mexicans came on in ever greater numbers, throwing themselves at the defenders. The fight spilled into the courtyard and then Ooh. from room to room in the buildings of the interior. By the end, when there was neither time nor room to reload weapons, the fighting was hand-to-hand as each man chose his last opponent and fought to the death. There, were, there are as many accounts of Jim Bowie's final moments as there were Mexicans at the Alamo, but the most often repeated and the one man himself would doubtless have preferred has him sitting bolt upright on his bed fighting to the very last with his pistols and the knife that bore his name when news of his death reached his mother she said only I'll wager no wounds were found in his back let's go God damn St. Bowie ain't playing there are reports that various women and other non-combatants survived the Battle of the Alamo, but none won, But not one fighting man lived to tell the tale. Afterward, their bodies were burned in a great funeral pyre. Ooh. Dropping bars. That probably smelled fucking horrible. Funky. Funky. Can you imagine just uh, just burning like hundreds of bodies? I don't want to go into I like could. stories, but I could I could maybe keep going, dog. Like, let's finish this. Let's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey. Afterwards, their bodies were burned in a great funeral pyre on the orders, ooh, on the orders of Santa Ana himself. The dictator, check this out. Here we go. The dictator marched on. A worse fate awaited Fanon and his uh, men at Goliad. Defeated in battle by the Mexicans, they were marched onto a road outside the fort and shot by firing squads. Ooh, having seen all three fifty of his men butchered, uh, having seen all three fifty of his men butchered. Fannin, uh, Fannin himself was executed. Damn. Um, excuse me. Fannin himself was executed while bound to a ch- chair. God. Damn it. Right. Like the dead. Okay. Like the dead the of the Alamo. Yo. Like the dead of the Alamo, the victims of what came to be known as the Goliad Massacre were heaped in piles and set ablaze. Again, on Santa Ana's explicit oh, orders. Oh, God. He was just, just like setting people on fire. But in the end, Travis was right. The 13-day siege of the Alamo had given the provisional government precious, precious time to arm and organize Texas forces. Houston, Houston, Sam Houston, cornered the Mexicans at a place called San Jacinto on April 21st. So this is like their like place. It's April 21st. That's the day after tomorrow. Tomorrow's Saturday. April 20th. Yeah. Happy April 20th, everybody. He was Even mounted on his great... He was... He was Okay. Dude, that's fucking dope that Jesus... Uh, like connected that actually his connections he was mounted on his great white war horse uh saracen and though he knew he was heavily outnumbered he rallied his forces with a cry that was uh, that was new then but would soon be graven into the very rocks of america trust in god and fear not he shouted waving his hat around his head remember goliad remember the alamo Simon. Houston's Simon. victory the sam houston's victory that day was absolute 600 mexicans slain Wisconsin and pass. I, I just want to know that even though like I'm having a good time and you know we're talking about it, 
rest in peace to those who passed. All of them. On, bo- hey, on every single on side. Hey, on every single know, side. Every, every single casualty. I know. We're kind of joking hey, around and shit. I'm, I'm a little bit drunk, so excuse me. You know, I'm having fun. Yeah. But on some real, real, like all of us here. You know, feel sympathy for the, for the history. You know, all all respect. Well, I mean, respect, it, it was respect those. You know what I'm saying? They didn't it's know what they love. were doing. They were following the most they knew. It's all love. I just, you know, I just felt a little out of line, so I had to say that. Man. No, you, I feel that. I feel it. No, that that, that, that was necessary. Up, so I'm saying it on the real. We've been sitting here talking shit, so it was necessary. Shit, but this is some real. Yeah, no, it's real. real. It's real. And people did what they had to do back then. Yeah, Shout and they did them. what they did what they honestly believed was best. Yeah. At the end of the day, on every single side. Isn't it crazy though that like when we were uh, hey, talking even about when you feel like it's the last string and you got to do what you got to do just to stand up as men, I respect that. You know? yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Like to, it, as we were talking about doing the story, that we didn't really know what we were diving into. Not at all, dude. I learned a lot. I've learned a lot tonight. We're almost we, there. We're, we're almost there. Towards the end, approaching the last page. <sighs> Trust in God and fear not, he shouted, waving his hat around his head. Remember Goliad. Remember the Alamo. Houston's victory that day was absolute. 600 Mexicans slain. Oh, God. And at least as many more taken prisoner. Fuck. Among the captives was... Wait, Jen- wait, wait. So 600 people died and 600? So 1,200 total. So, so like 1,200 around. 600 Mexicans slain and at least as many more taken prisoner. Among the captives was General Santa Ana himself. Oh. All right, chingal madre. Ideal meal. He was compelled to sign a document. He was compelled... I didn't know this part. Pagado. Was, this is the three Pagado. years I document. He was compelled to hey. sign a document. Hold on. Hold on. Let me do this. Hold on. He was compelled to sign a document granting Texan independence, which the government back in Mexico City promptly denounced. Hold so up. Like, Fuck hold that. up. All right. Go ahead. Paid. Their, <laughs> their, their petulance, however, cannot change the facts. With the defeat of Santa Ana... The independence of the Republic of Texas was assured. Lamenting the loss to his nation, the Mexican secretary... Check this out. The Mexican Secretary of War, Jose Maria Tornel y Mendeville, wrote... He wrote this. The loss of Texas will inevitably, uh, inevitably result in the loss of New Mexico and the Californians. Little by little, our territory will be absorbed until only an insignificant part is left to us. No te olvides de on, Colorado, on, de Utah, de todo lo que estaba de México you know antes. Do you know how deep this is, Utah though? Utah used to be part of that. Do you know how deep this is, though? Todo de Aslan. Shout out to Aslan Industries. AslanIndustries.com. Let me finish this, John. The loss of Texas, and this is lamenting the loss of his nation, the Mexican Secretary of War, Jose Maria Tornelli Mendeville, wrote, The loss of Texas will inevitably result in the loss of New Mexico and the Californias. Little by little, our territory will be absorbed only uh, until only an insignificant part is left to us. Our national existence will end like those weak meteors that from time to time shine fitfully in the firmament and disappear. God damn. That was deep. That was deeper this than is, a carrot in the big, ground, if like you ask me. This is a big part of, that Mexi- of Mexico's history. Back. This is a big part of Mexico's history. It is, bro. It is, Hey, bro. the Alamo, that's a big... 
This is a big part of American history. Dude, this is... They lost a lot. They lost a lot of land in that. Going back once again... So this is We're how literally America only a paragraph built. away, so Ooh. go ahead. This I want to hear this. The country of America, this is how it was built. Tell like, all around. Tell Hey, remember? It was yeah. only the East at first. The Boston gold, Tea Party. The Gold Rush. The Gold Rush was on California. Right. It California. was literally. No, tea party. What I'm saying is that was all part of it. It was yep. like, hey, yep. let's expand. Let's move this way. Let's go that way. Let's throw some shrapnel in the canyon. You know what I'm saying? In Texas. Right, it was like that shit when you would just be playing with a toy in preschool and this little motherfucker would just run up to you, grab the toy and be like, well, this is mine now. And that was America for a lot of the beginning. Preschool. Preschool B. Preschool B. Have you watched the news lately? Preschool B. All right, let's go. Accurate (laughs) and prescient. Though those sentiments undoubtedly were... I got to do this. Here we go. Come on. I'm going to run through this last part and just don't stop me. Run through it. Lamenting the loss to to his nation, the Mexican Secretary of War, Jose Maria Tornel y Mendeville, wrote, The loss of Texas will inevitably result in the loss of New Mexico and the Californias. Little by little, little, our territory will be absorbed until only an insignificant part is left to us, our national existence. God damn. Well, and like those weak meteors that from time to time shine fitfully in the firmament and disappear. Accurate and prescient, though those sentimental sentiments, I said sentimentals. Sentimentos. Accurate and prescient through those sentiments, undoubtedly boor. They have nothing on the poignancy of Sam Travis's last letter from the Alamo. It was dated March 3rd, perhaps the very day when he drew his line in the sand. And sent to her friend no more than three days or so before his death. Much has been written about the commander of that battle and not all of it complimentary. Some point out that he was vain and proud and that he thought so highly of himself. He had bothered to... He thought so highly of himself that he had not bothered to write... That he bothered to write an autobiography while still in his early 20s. So maybe he was full of himself, I don't know. The detractors also point out that whatever his wife did or didn't do, he was wrong to turn his back on his children. He probably was. Um, But in those last days, in that loss and desperate place, at least some of his final thoughts were of his son. Quote, Take care of my little boy, he wrote. If the country should be saved, I may make for him a splendid fortune. But if the country should be lost and I should perish, he will have nothing but the proud recollection that he is the son of a man who died for his country. End quote. God, that is some... Bro, could you imagine Episode being... 33... That was deeper than the Pacific. Episode 33, short story being on. My name is Nate Chacon III. I really want to thank Jody and John for being on this podcast love today. I love you guys. What What do you guys think? What like Just John, start. I mean, that... Just the whole thing from start to finish. It's, it's, it's <clears throat> like we were saying before, you know, you think you know a lot of these history 
like stories and you think you really know how like a country was established or how people in the past really thought but unless you're in that situation you really don't know what's up like those people wouldn't understand the problems that we see in in social media and right and the things that are like social issues of the day of 2018 and so it's just crazy to think about that states were bought property were bought people were killed and people were looked at as like nothing it was it was a life lost was a life gained back then as opposed to what it is now i mean in some aspects i mean if you really want to go deeper than that but i mean that's pretty crazy i didn't really ever think about the alamo like i said in the beginning and now i understand why it was such a big deal is because it really was a big part of mexican and american um, history united states history and how know? well yeah yeah i mean that's pretty much it as far as the story i gotta say this really quick to you john just because i um i just really appreciate how much you appreciate like fucking history yeah man of course yeah. i mean if we're not if we're not going to think about the past i mean it's well, not just that, how much I appreciate that you appreciate history. Like, I just know that you're really, and so are you. It's like, actually, I can't even put hey, John. You know what, John? Like cerebral cat, cerebral cat, and hey, I just really. John yeah. is, a, is an intelligent dude that knows a lot more than a lot of people that I know. Right, you want like, me more than me? You come in, you come into the shop or whatever, or like you just homies. John's a knowledgeable dude, man. Yeah. I'm just interested, man. I'm yeah, trying man. to I'm trying to figure this real shit talk, out, man. You you don't expect it, and then all of a sudden, you know what I mean. But on some real yeah. shit, what are your thoughts? Are you done, no, no, man. Go. So I want to hear what Jody thinks. So. Is and this is only what's written down. You feel me? It's only it's only what's written down. Straight up. Like so, when we talk about the shit, it's like yeah, this and that. But you know, small details matter that are out of this that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Like hey. You know, just like any any story we deal yeah. with on a daily basis or anything that happens. You don't know both sides, like, really. I never tell everything that happens in my personal no, life to anybody. I'll tell you guys like this and that. And, you know, all I'm saying is, you know, the small, the, the small but humongous pains that people had to deal with. And like the, you know, the gigantic yeah. emotion that was involved. I love that. All I'm saying is. Like hey, I love rest you in peace. That out. I love rest in peace that. to those who died in this Straight battle. Up. And at the end of the day, we're all humans, and uh, we're all trying to just figure shit out. But what I'm getting at is, uh, I'm trying to smoke a blunt right now. You know, Straight. <laughs> hey, you know I don't what? even smoke a lot, but yeah, it's, hey, it's 4:20. Hey, on the on the podcast, bro. it's 4:19, hey, 2018. Hey, you care if we uh, kick a little free style? Yeah, in, we in can a kick a freestyle. Hey. Hey, can I? Uh, I got. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just give. Just, we'll, we'll, hey, uh, but on behalf, on behalf of Jody and I, I just want to say, I just want to say, man, thank you, Nate. Thank you, uh, short story bingo. This is this is an awesome podcast. I really like the idea. It's really spreading awareness of actual stories and events in history. And I think people really need to know about this, man. It's one of those things where, like, you know what? We don't really think about the Alamo ever but it's a good story man if we learn from our past hopefully we can fix our future man that's all Damn. i want to say bro and if we're ever gonna go visit man i got a lot more respect now that i read this story opposed to like if i just was like yeah i heard about the alamo 
Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to San Antonio, by the way. Another one. And I really appreciate. I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really I'm excited to uh, embark on this adventure with ourselves, and this journey as far as being uh, the uh, official first sponsor, and that will always be the first thing. You already know. You already know. There'll be sponsors after this. They'll be. Yeah, there'll be sponsors after. Clean cut barbershop. Check this out. But there'll be sponsors after. But the first. Lay hey, ground, clean you know cut. what I mean, nah, and, that, and that's great. We're homies, though, no, yeah, and, and, yeah real, exactly. That's real talk. So five dollars off. First, first haircut, your first visit, twenty one East Kelsey Avenue. Just very drop important. the name, short story bingo when you come in, and let us know like hey, what's your favorite episode. You. Even talk about it. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Um, you can schedule an appointment on Clean Cut SLC dot com. Walk ins are always welcome. Uh, make sure to always check uh, the uh, Instagram. They um, do really uh, a, a really good job of uh, showing uh, the you know the trans uh, transpiring of the cuts that they're doing at um, and on the Instagram it's at Clean Cut Barbershop and hey, of course and, and follow um, our follow our individual accounts too. Follow at J A H N dot Barber John dot Barber J A H N already my my personal uh instagram is uh jody joe 801 and that's the numbers 801 uh, i got music as well check me out on itunes check me out on uh apple music and uh spotify and uh whatever whatever music platform you guys use we're gonna um, drop. We're, I'm gonna have a song. We coming with the heat. I'm gonna have a song. Ca- I'm, gonna have a song here, I'm gonna have a song on here, dude. The, the, uh, the Utah's the desert. We coming with the heat. Myself, I use Vital. Check me out, Jody Joe. I got an EP. I got uh, another album with my boy Dozer and Tiva on there. Check us out. These guys have been up for four years. Uh, they have over thirty-five years of experience, and. Uh, I absolutely co-sign. And um, we ain't even 35 years old. And neither of us are even 35, so put that math together, boy. It doesn't matter. You don't you mash him up. You guys just mess that whole shit up. Anyhow, with that being said, again, Short Story Bingo, episode 33, The Siege of the Alamo from Amazing Tales for Making Men Out of Boys by Neil Oliver. I will uh, make sure to put the link on how to get this book on your hands thank um, you nate there. thank you for having us my man i really appreciate you guys Gracias being here. Por todo. like um without uh it's uh this is like a cathartic thing for me and um really a time frame to kind of sit back and and uh just read man i i love reading and if you love reading too i hope that with every episode that you listen to you check the description box because i make sure to put the book the book there or the story that you might find online because i find stories online as well so keep reading short story bingo it's like audible sorta if this is your first time welcome if this is your second time the retention program is working we're out of here you have anything Peace else to out. say no uh, i just want i just love thank you yeah you know, hey, hey, yeah, hey, Nate. Hey, 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 I got to, I got to give a shout out. Hold up, I got to give a shout out to, I got to give a shout out to my Bay homies. I got to give a shout out to Aslan Industries. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to Loyalty over Royalty. 
But, you know, other than that, I got to say what's up to the Bay. I got to say what's up to Salt Lake and everybody else that's out there hey, listening to me, man. I'll, I appreciate everybody. I want to say what's up to the whole Utmost family. My boy uh, Doja, my partner yeah, yeah. Albert. You know what I mean? It is I'm going to have Albert on here, too. Yeah, Albert's the brother, man. That's that's my brother from another. John's my brother. Nate's my brother, man. We all. Yeah, homies, my homie Milo, who's uh. You know, Peace, Milo, B. M- Milo, me and Nate grew up with Milo on different, you know, ends of the neighborhood. And yeah, anyone I mean, that wants to come see Utah. It's still gravity, but it's still gravity. And, uh, it's all love, man. It's yeah. all love, man. You know, anyone that wants to really see family. real Salt Lake, hit us up, man. Already. Get at us. Get at us. 801. You know Beehive. where to find us, bun. You know where to find us, cut. Clean Cut Barbershop, and if you got an old grudge and want to run a fade, you know, it's cool. We can do yeah, that, We can too. give you, you fade and saying? run a fade. It is what it is. This is Short Story uh, Bingo. Most Entertainment. Utmost Entertainment. Asan Industries. Short Story Bingo, episode 33. My name is Nate Chacon. It's like Audible, sort of. And we got to end it like this. Five dollar nickel bag full of stems and seeds